0: You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, playing underground music since 1969. Follow us on Twitter at KUCI FM or like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash KUCI 88.9. This way, you could be the first to know when we'll be giving away tickets to your favorite concerts, festivals, and events. The views and opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. For more information on this or other KUCI programs, visit KUCI.org or KUCI.org. Good morning, Irvine, and welcome to another excellent episode of Sports Matters on Tuesday, April 7th. Tuesday morning, that is, and I'm your host Kevin Drake, and sitting right next to me is your other host, Mr. Matt Burt Sports. How you doing this morning?
1: I can't complain. How
0: are you, Kevin? I'm doing great. You know, other than uh, what's going on in the world today, and we also have a very special guest who decided to hold over from uh, that wonderful music show from Ladies of Voice Entertainment and Music. DJ Six, a.k.a. Tom Bindewald. Thank you for joining us on the program this morning.
2: Oh, yeah. Always good to be here. Always good to stay up an extra hour and not take a nap. Now, a lot of fun here on Sports Matters, and you're going to enjoy the show, and we're happy to have you along on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine.
0: Absolutely. Well said. You Beautifully know, I, said. I, I know we're all bummed. I mean, my goodness, UC Irvine men's basketball team had a fabulous season. They clinched the Big West. They won it outright, so congrats to them I know I may have said that a couple weeks ago but I just love this team and it's just such a bummer that they won't get the experience NCAA tournament but for these four seniors you know now that we've been sitting in quarantine for a few weeks what can they expect I mean you know how, how do you think they feel it's just they just I'm sure they feel short-changed
1: yeah I'm sure that is uh going through their minds for sure but I I feel like it's everywhere. You know, I, I think they can't just sit here and say, oh, well, you know, this woe is me personally. I think it's more of an entire um, sporting community is mourning these entire seasons. And you got to think about teams like, you know, Liverpool, the soccer club, they were by far in first place above anyone else in the English Premier League. And now they're going to cancel the English Premier League season and not declare them in or anyone a winner so it's kind of crazy how all these things are kind of happening but a great season for uci regardless um i think the ncaa should give players an eligibility extension for those they actually have have, they actually have
0: they did for the spring sports they actually allow them if they want to come back next year but if you're graduating and do you want to come back and, and play a sport where you could probably go pro or you want to move on with your professional career? You know, I guess that's a decision that the uh, student's going to make. I think when you think of it, right, there
1: is, if you take the numbers, 10% of high school athletes go on to the collegiate level. This is in football terms, and I'm going to kind of use the football um, data points to kind of give a broad outlook so for college football 10 percent of all high school athletes go and play college football from there one percent of college athletes go on to the next level so it's more of you know from a professional standpoint it affects certain players but from everyone else it's more of just going out there and competing and having an extra year to go out there and play a game that you love with people and your friends that you've been there with for a long time so true I That's think, a good point. Yeah.
0: yeah. And and if you look on the basketball side, there's actually more options. Yes, the NBA is really hard to get into, but you got, you know, countries like Denmark where Jonathan Galloway is playing right now and of course they're in quarantine, so I'm sure that season's probably canceled. And, you know, you have other leagues as well. I mean, there's the Australian League. And I yeah. mean, everybody around the world is just affected by this. We have the European League, you know, Basketball League. And, yeah, it's just a real bummer because I know we're all, I know you're really excited, Tom, for the NCAA tournament because I really thought that UCI could do some damage.
2: Well, I think it gives a new meaning to March Madness.
0: I'll just say, <laughs> oh, I tell I'll you i say that. March Madness is on a whole new level. And then with April 1st already passed, I mean, there was no April Fool's pranks there because we're going through the worst thing ever. There's no way you could top this right now.
1: Except for Tom's April Fool's prank. He does one every year for us uh, KUCI K U C. But you didn't people. do one
0: this year, so, because this is April 7th.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: we did one last week.
0: Yeah. You know, Tom, I want to direct a question to you. You've never experienced what we're experiencing right now in your entire lifetime have you what we're going through right now how have you been coping with this
2: well I, actually this is my uh, second time because <laughs> i was in beijing from january
0: that's true i was yeah. in australia around that time yeah but i wasn't that's quarantined
2: true. because it didn't really hit there yet but i came back and i was quarantined for 14 days as a recommended quarantine and then but
0: you're also quarantined there weren't you in beijing
2: no uh but w- they had a health check in place which really worked well they would measure your temperature and if your temperature was too high then you had to quarantine yourself and if you had additional symptoms you had to go to the doctor so it, it worked out a little bit easier than what we're doing here
0: at this point I, I wonder if china has reached their curve i mean i heard that they did that their curve is starting to flatten out i mean for a population of 1.4 billion that's pretty impressive if that's the case
2: well, it, it turns out that they didn't have many cases outside of Wuhan, the metropolitan area, and they are back to work. I know that my sister-in-law is, is going into the office, so the professional people are going back to work. The manufacturing groups went back to work as soon as they had the uh, you know the hand cleaners, the sanitizers, and the face masks, things like that. So they're all good. They're, they're getting back to work. Hopefully, I mean, we will too.
0: That's some positivity there, some good news. Because what we're experiencing here is, it just feels like we're so deep into it now. Now we're going to be in quarantine till at least till the end of the month. I probably won't be going back to work till I'm hoping mid-May, but it may be June first. Who knows? You know, and this could this could drag on for some time. So it's just a matter of, well, I guess we're taking it week by week, day by day. In certain situations, how have you been coping, Matt? I've been
1: just staying inside. I mean, I've gone for walks and everything. I'll go outside and everything, but um, I mean, just, you kind of just socially distance yourself. That's all you can really do. I know the the biggest bummer is that I, I like to exercise by playing basketball and they've taken down all the rims in my neighborhood oh, and all around. So that's uh, they're trying to keep people out of the parks, but it's important to um, understand what this is and Make sure you practice that normal hygiene stuff, washing your hands, right? Hand sanitizer and try to think about the things that you touch. You know, it's, it's pretty common sense, but, uh, unfortunately we are in a global pandemic as the who would like to say the world health organization. So, um, just keep steadying, you know, this curve, you don't want to be that person that continues to spread it. And, um, I feel like places like in Italy, it got really, really bad because people were kind of very uh, blase and not cognitive about it. Well, there's also it, so. a lot of
0: smokers in Italy, too. Well, there, I think yeah. there there was a lot and of And they're people, very touchy-feely type culture.
1: Uh, yeah, and that's one of it. Also, they didn't take the necessary precautions beforehand, and it, it caught on way faster. And you're starting to see the similar kind of thing here in the United States and... So I really would urge people to listen to what the health officials say. And and um, at right now we are experiencing hospitals not being able to have the right amount of resources and the right amount of personnel and all the sort of stuff that they would need. And that's exactly what Italy faced. And that's kind of how we're on the same track as Italy right now. So we really got to think about this in a bigger perspective and to not have gross amount of anxiety to it you know
0: absolutely that was the one issue that i wanted to, to, to touch on is that look i'm taking this serious but i'm also trying to remain calm now i even even remaining calm throughout the process and not freaking out not panic buying i have found myself not sleeping as good at night and i just think it's just the deep down inside i mean there's things that you can do so i'm exercising more and that's kind of helping that's why i got a good night's sleep last night Yes, we just need to be more calm, more relaxed. This is what it is, and I agree with you. We just need to listen to the professionals, and I think the more that we listen to the professionals – the quicker this will go by and we can get back to work, but it's going to be some time. So we just got to grind this storm out, if you will. Pretty soon we'll be able to get back to playing sports because it's a positive that China's already back to work and you know going about their way. And you don't hear much out of North Korea and South Korea. So it looks like uh, it's up to us and everyone else to pay attention and to really follow the rules and take it serious. Even though it's an inconvenience, I understand that. Yeah, But right now, we're in the middle of this until our government and the U.S., until we flatten that curve. This is how life is going to be. I mean, unless you want all that extra time off from work, but I'm going crazy. I, this is already, what, uh, 22 days I've had off since I last worked. I'm anxious to get back to work. I'm yeah. just glad to be on air. I think uh, <laughs> I, th-
1: I think it is important to understand that right now,
0: We are going through
1: a very tough recession. um, But the stock market is going to come back up. There'll be jobs coming back. There's going to be all these things coming back. It's just doing what's right right now. Um, And if you're in a position where you lose your job, I would hope that people who have bills to pay and rent, they would have uh, forgiveness. I believe that that just came through. Um, So I think we're taking the right amount of steps. but you just got to continue doing what's right and you got to keep staying doing. positive. There's an old adage, staying you, upbeat. you do what's right, not what's easy. And the easy thing is to go out and, and do whatever you want and, and take advantage of this. But the right thing to do is to stay home and socially distance yourself.
0: And it makes you appreciate, it makes you appreciate the wonderful gift of life and, and the freedom that we have to do to choose to do whatever we want to do. Um, I got a lot of things done around the house. You know, I've been doing a lot of home renovations, one project at a time. And, you know, I'm knocking things out to a point where, geez, I did an entire renovation myself where I normally you would have to, I would probably hire out a contractor. Like, okay, come in do the cabinets, come in do this and that, you know, some of the heavy lifting. But, you know, I just did one small project that I can handle, not stress out too much. Thank goodness that Home Depot still <laughs> open. I've become a regular customer of them. Anyway, we're going to get back to sports here. We just want to kind of express our thoughts and concerns. And just like I said, continue to listen to, to the professionals and don't go by what you see off social media. There's so much information, distorted information, untrue information, just people, their own numbers. If you're going to do your due diligence, do your due diligence in the right way by seeking out true professionals, what Dr. Fauci is saying, and, and really read through between the lines. And somewhere along the line, you'll find the truth. But that's all I'm going to say on that so uh last time we talked we we had coach brian ward on who is now the defensive backs coach for chino hills high school
1: and we were talking about where tom brady was gonna go so so now that the goat has left new england and has found his way into florida i believe is tampa bay south florida or is that miami yes no that's
0: that's i mean they're south florida they're Tampa Bay is right. It's Disneyland. Okay. They're really close to Disneyland. OK, OK.
2: okay. Geography break here. Tampa Bay <laughs> is on the West yes, Coast.
1: Yeah. He's found his way into sunny Florida. I was going to say in the South Florida, but then I was thinking Miami. So, yeah,
2: no, no,
0: he's not down South. Yeah, but but he's a Buccaneer. He's
1: a Buccaneer. I was not expecting it. I think the Chargers, Um, I, I think the Chargers kind of missed out on that
0: one. Um, Tampa Bay did a good sales pitch. Well, you, have mean, co- you got Coach Bruce Arians, and it's a warmer climate, but Tom Brady's already moved his family to Florida. Yeah. So I think that was – maybe that's where he wanted to go all along.
1: I think he didn't want to leave the East Coast. So um, I think you probably put Mike Evans in the room, and you put Godwin in the room, and you put O.J. Howard in the room. And Cameron like-
0: Brate. I mean, he's got some weapons, and, and he- they got a good offensive line, Tom. They have – Decent defense. You saw, I mean, what Jameis Winston did with that team. You know, imagine having Tom Brady who won't be making a lot of those mistakes that Winston has. And uh, no no discredit to Jameis Winston. He's a tremendous talent. I think he's going to have a great career wherever he lands. I don't know if he's landed somewhere yet, but uh He has not. But stay tuned for that. But for as far as Tom Brady, you know, as far as the expectations of Tom Brady in Tampa Bay, look, he doesn't have to win a Super Bowl. He's already the GOAT. He's won six championships. He, he, he's he been to 13 AFC championship games, been to nine Super Bowls, and won six championships. So that, I mean, he's the GOAT. But as far as being a Tampa Bay Buccaneer, you do have the New Orleans Saints, and they're pretty stacked. And they also got uh, Emmanuel Sanders, wide yeah. receiver. Drew Brees has got plenty of weapons. Drew Brees is still Drew Brees. I think the Saints are the team to beat in the NFC South, but I think Tampa Bay can get a wild card. And I think if they get a wild card and get a, a playoff victory, I think that will be success right there in itself for Tampa Bay.
1: I love Tampa Bay. I just, I've always loved them. I think Jameis was the biggest issue for them, and it's really easy to break the records that he did and set all those records when you have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, O.J. Howard, Cameron Bray, and you just have the list goes on and on. So I really believe that Tom Brady – is going to change that team, and they also got Indama Um They've got a saw other, that, yes. yeah. They got a few other pieces there, so I really love this Tampa Bay team. Not discrediting what the Saints have built, I really think both teams are very top class. And you're going to see something like the Chargers and the Chiefs of two years ago, and you're going to see. You're going to see how two really good teams in the division, just like Seattle and San Francisco of this past season. It's going to be like that, where you have two teams that are going to be really good. And those two games that they play are going to be vitally important. So it'll be interesting to see what happens.
0: So you know what Coach Sean Payton said? He texted Tom Brady, and he was saying, "You know, welcome to the NSC South. When we come down to Tampa, I don't want to hear the cannons too much. <laughs> Meaning every time they get a touchdown, they shoot off the cannons. Those cannons are going to be used a lot next year. Yeah." Uh, It'll be interesting. We'll see. We've never seen this. I mean, I did see Steve DeBerg come back one year, and he was 44. He was okay. I, I think Tom Brady will be able to put up some pretty good numbers. I mean, what, predictions. Anybody got any predictions, like what kind of season he's going to have? Do you know what else we haven't seen? What haven't we seen?
1: A quarterback win six Super Bowls. Yeah. Six Super Bowls, so. Yeah. I don't know. He's the GOAT for the reason. Tom, make yeah. the GOAT noise. Ba. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So yeah.
1: I predict that the Tampa Bay will win the division. Uh, the Saints wow, are really that's good. that's a hot
0: take. Matt's hot take.
1: But I don't think it's going to be like a clear cut and dry. I think he's going to be like one game win, wins the division between the two. So I'll put them above him. And uh, Saints and them two have the highest records in the NFC. Well,
0: that's another hot take. Well, I'm still going with New Orleans. I think they are probably the best team in the in the West – I mean, in in the NFC, right there with the 49ers. 49ers, they're going to be better. They're going to be much better than they were last year. And I know they came up short in the Super Bowl, but they got their team intact, so that's going to be a tough team. And, yes, they're in a tough division. They got the Seahawks, and the Rams lost a lot, so I don't know what's going to happen with the Rams. They might – Drop down a little bit there.
1: The Rams are going in the rebuilding mode. So that kind it's of, kind it's, of a
0: retooling, if you will. It's just it's well, mainly the business sense of it. It's the, the it's, salary cap, so they have to make they're they're going through a rebuild of their financial cap, I guess. Well, that's, Not so much rebuilding the team. They got a good core intact.
1: I think that well, the, their core is the wide receivers and Goff right now. And then right. Aaron Donald. So when you look at it – And they got Malcolm
0: it, Brown and Devery Henderson.
1: Yeah. They do. They got some good running backs, too. But I, I think um, the way that we picture the Rams has changed. And I, right now, think that they are the worst in that NFC West.
0: Now, that NFC West is really, really good. And you got Kyler Murray, who just got DeAndre Hopkins, Hopkins to throw to. I mean, my goodness. And that trade alone, <laughs> yeah. that was another thing. Because I know I brought it up when, that, when the news broke about that trade. That's big. That's really going to help him out a lot. Massive. To be able to go deep, open up the deep passing game, and, and, and then just clutch catching.
1: The maestro underneath, Larry Fitz. Yeah. So I think it's it's gonna be great for Kyler Murray, and it's gonna be great to watch too, for sure. It's gonna be great to watch because they still have Kenyon Drake. You know, he was a very successful back for them last year, and you have Seattle, who's Seattle. They're gonna be just as good as last year. Pete Carroll. Any t- team that. Carroll coaches, you know, with Russell gonna, Wilson as the quarterback, they're going to be competitive for sure. And and then you have San Francisco and the success that they had last year. But, um, but but my
0: predictions for the NFC South, I'm still going. New Orleans wins that division. Tampa Bay snags the wild card, but Tampa Bay will have the fifth seed. Now, when that speaking of the new playoff system, yeah. So next year, I don't think the playoffs start yet. The new playoff system, I think it's the following year. Or so. It is approved that the NFL is going to 17-game regular season, and the playoff system is going to expand to 14 teams. So you have seven teams in the AFC, seven teams in the NFC. What it does, though, it, that number two seed, it kind of hurts that because it makes a much more difficult road to get to the Super Bowl because the last two years, the number two seeded team in that respective conference has won the Super Bowl – and a total of 5 Super Bowls were won by the number 2 seed since the 2002 format when it changed to that. Yeah. So what's going to happen now is that the the number 1 seed's going to be more valuable to get to get that home field advantage throughout the playoffs so you only have to play 2 games to get in where everybody else has to play 3. So let's say the now the number 2 is going to play the number 7, then you have 3 seed plays 6, 4 plays 5. Out of Those three teams, no matter who wins, whoever is is the lower seed will get the other home game, and then the higher seeds will get have to be on the road. I swear,
1: you need a math degree to figure all this NFL. But that's what I, you know, I wrote
0: it out here. So basically, let's say if it just all works out where the two seed does win, then the two seed will have the home game in the second round. The the, the only difference is they play an extra game. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. But if they get knocked out. Then you have the other teams. If the three seed wins, then they get the home game in the second round, which is actually kind of opens things up a bit for the other seed. So it makes it a little bit more okay. Yeah, you're going to play your your first game on the at home if you're a two, three, four seed. You're going to play it at home. Then if the two seed gets knocked off, then the three seed's going to have a, another home game because the three and a four seed has always played three games to get to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So that'll be interesting how yeah. that all changes out.
1: I think you you kind of bring up a good point that the two-seed is going to be a little bit more difficult. Um, It just puts an emphasis on winning the first seed, like winning games. No one's going to be able to take games off, which is good and bad in a sense because you see what happens to the players' bodies, and they're adding the additional game this year to 17 games rather than 16 playing. So I personally think that this is a move to increase revenue of course. It's always about money. It's always about money, (laughs) and they're willing to, I think the 1% that was given to the players is not worth it in the long run to what the changes are that the NFL wants to make. Um, We have seen them kind of take what they have gotten from the concussions and the lawsuit that they had, where they settled with them, and they have not really learned as much as they should have about what they need to do for the players going forward so instead of making the game safer they add an extra game and an extra playoff game so you potentially could be
0: playing i mean more games than any other true you could play in football history you could play 21 games if you get all the way to the super bowl there'd be a total of 21 regular season and playoffs which is much more grueling as opposed to the preseason and the whole i I mean the whole thing with the preseason was figuring out what you have. So now you only have three preseason games to figure out what you have, and you're pretty much you rest your veterans as it is. But you kind of want to develop some camaraderie because going into week one, that's where you have a high risk of injuries because guys haven't played in so long that yes, they're in shape. You know, you don't have the two a days in camp anymore. You, as you know, they made
1: they've made certain uh, additions to that, right? And and I think they've made certain protocols that have been better like getting rid of the Oklahoma drill which is just i mean it's not it doesn't do anything other than just run into someone Fr- um, refresh
0: my memory what is the Oklahoma drill
1: so the Oklahoma drill is you have one person both of them are laying down on the ground and you have one person with the ball and one person tackling and they you have to stand up and then you just hit each other so that's just full contact going into one another from short range as hard as they can and That has been shown to be a big component of concussions because you're going full speed very close to one another. Right. Um, The other thing that I wanted to touch on was that even if you're only playing three preseason games, right, if you're only playing three preseason games, the first game of the regular season is when – you start to go a little bit harder and a little bit faster. Right. You work things out in practice. You you work things out, and whereas you get more time and more recovery with the fourth week where you're able to kind of go into it a little bit slower. So to your point where people come into the first week and get injured and and go a little bit too hard, that's going to have an effect – with this new scheduling, because you're right, not going to have you could take
0: it a little bit slower. Let's talk about the overall safety of the sport. I was just doing where it you're condensing eight down eight the eight. preseason, where you go into week one, yeah. where it's a, a a little bit slower process, yeah. so they won't like your starters won't have to go all four quarters. They yeah. may just go smaller and then be ready for week two. And that's why they have the practices every day because you just build yourself back up. But these are professional athletes, and even in the off time, they're constantly working out, getting themselves in shape. I actually sent you a picture of a not to shift gears to baseball, but uh, rolled his Chapman in his quarantine time. That guy got so huge. His arm is, like, bigger than my head. I mean, he's massive. I just want to ask you, as I'm a baseball player, and I know in tennis you got to have more agility, not be so compact, but how is that going to change his pitching? Is he going to be able to throw 115 miles per hour? (laughs) Uh, Didn't he already do? He 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 can throw 105. He's throwing 105. That's so fast. I know. Um, I think – when it comes to
1: having bulk, like, it's fast-twitch muscles in general are what powers really great athletes, um, and they tend to be bulkier. Tom gave me that information before we started uh, when we were talking. So it tends to be bulkier when you have fast-twitch muscles. So um, as far as a Aroldis Chapman, he could throw 105 consistently next year if he continues this trend.
0: But uh, yeah, if you're in quarantine, you might as well be productive, right? So Absolutely. I mean there's good and I mean, if you don't have like a set of weights, but you always use your body weight push ups and if you have a pull up bar you can pull up and do a lot of other fun stuff. Keep yourself in shape. So I wonder what's gonna happen with major league baseball. So if they're ever gonna get the season off. It's always in Cincinnati when we actually have a chance. The Reds have a really good promising chance. They could be a contender, maybe even a championship contender. They've got a good ball club put together, and then this happens. And it's like, oh, it's just so Cincinnati-style. We get a team that's ready to go, and – now there may not be a season but I wonder if we do get the season off it starts say in June or everything s- starts to come back I wonder if would they would, would they when would they cancel the season would they still wait to a point where they would play like 90 games uh, If you gave Before they cancel
1: If you gave me a prediction for all the leagues I would say that you would probably see the NBA season if this goes through in the mid May it'll be canceled um, if we come out you, Wait a 1st. minute, you think
0: the NBA season's going to be canceled, or do you think they would just start yes. the playoffs no. right right then? I don't think Cause, they, cause think you, they you, would. Because you would need time to get back up to speed, maybe do two weeks of a regular season and I then jump in they, the postseason. I don't
1: think they would do that. I think they would cancel the season. Um, from everything what I've seen, it's, it's highly likely that the NBA will have their season be canceled because they would have um, started the league up again in the end of April, if that gets pushed back to mid-May or even at the end where you even have that, too, that means they're starting the regular season in June, right? So if they're starting that in June, it's going to be pushed out, and that means the finals will be in September. If yeah, you played the, the rest of the season, you, right. so it's, it's probably going to be a wash, um, just like the Premier League did. I think as far as baseball is concerned, they have a really golden opportunity here, and I think if, if – um, Manfred is listening, which he's probably not, but he should be. Um, I think that they have a really golden opportunity to condense the MLB season because right now it's too long. They shouldn't be playing a games. Sixty-two games, and then if you go to the World Series, that's how many. I mean, that's that's a ton of games. Regardless. Yeah, you do a. That's a, a best
0: of 5 then a best of 7 and the world series is a best of 7 so you're talking 19 games plus 162 if you played all 19 games that's a yeah you're right It's 181 fo- games that's
1: pretty much 40% of our year it has baseball in it like no, right, i think it's forty nine. percent that's like
0: oh, over half Seven months. Seven months? Yeah, 181 games. That's 181 days. But, you know, they get days off, and there's breaks in between the playoff series. Well, so. day,
1: days that we have games yeah. this is what I, the math I was doing. So I'd say it would be right around, it'd be above 33
0: for sure. I just wonder, what is the threshold to the point where, if they get the season going, would they just play 90-game season? Would they just play 100-game season? They absolutely
1: you know? should. The, the season's too long to begin with. Um, I think that they should condense it down to 100 games and cut out 80. A lot of them is like three, and you play back-to-back. If you did 100 games, right, it would be a different MLB season. Where you play your
0: division at least twice.
1: There would be where – yeah, you play your division at least twice, and then you would have – And then your interleague –
0: well, the way they do interleague, they just rotate. You play a division, plays a division.
1: Right, just like the NFL. Right. Um, So – if they do that, right? They've condensed it down to 100 games. That means more games are meaningful. Right. Which means more people are going to pay attention. Right. So, if you're thinking about it that's, from a that's meaningful a good point. perspective, right. they a have really a really, good, really ch- good chance at getting more of an ownership perspective from viewership.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. Because when there's less games, more games are meaningful and it's more likely you're going to watch. It's like the NFL, you know, now they got the extra game. But it's like every game matters. So it, in baseball, you could drop some games and n- not really have it hurt you. I mean, as we know, look at the Washington Nationals. Was it last year? They had a terrible record in the first couple of months, and then they come back and win the World Series. Yeah. <laughs> they beat the cheaters.
1: Yeah. And uh, I, as far as the, the MLB is concerned, uh, it's pretty fair to say that
0: the Astros will win the World Series this year too, right? <laughs> This is their punishment. This is their Nobody pun- gets to play. Nobody gets to play. No, their punishment was uh, having to hire Dusty Baker. That no offense. Know, yeah. <laughs> that was a – I don't know. Well, man, it may not be appropriate. We both have
1: experience as Dusty Baker as yes. the manager. I had him in 2002. Look, when he's
0: a players manager and a great man. Does a lot of great things for the city. But the thing is, when it comes to postseason – when he was playing up against the Giants, he got outmanaged by Bruce Bochi in three straight games, so especially game five. Bruce Bochi just completely it just it, it was almost it was unfair. He completely outmanaged Dusty Baker and it it was sad. He just got completely outmanaged.
1: Now don't forget that he also got outmanaged by Mike Sosha. When he was the and in two thousand and two, that's true. I will never forget
0: that as a Giants fan when he pulled out Russ Ortiz. That was just same with the Cubs. Now part of that that whole Bartman deal, you know, that kind of shifted the momentum because the reaction of the player. You know, if Moisey Alou didn't make that bad reaction,
1: I mean, he they they botched it. Regardless, I you can the the whole narrative that going back to then. And I love that this no sports means we get to talk about Bartman again. That's the craziest part about this <laughs> is that we're talking about Bartman, and that happened so long well, now ago. Now this
0: this kind of segue from us talk about Dusty Baker and the MLB into, but, into the yeah, yeah.
1: I know we, we're going we're going uh, 2000s I just baseball. think the
0: motions were just running so high that he had an opportunity to catch it and a fan interfere, but it was in out of bounds. You're reaching way in, out of bounds. And it would have been great. If he would have caught that, they probably would have escaped the inning. But they didn't catch it. They didn't and, catch it. And, and, and But the, his reaction afterwards was he really threw a temper tantrum. And I think that is where a manager is like, hey, calm down, calm down. It's a 50-50 ball that you didn't get. Let's focus on getting the outs.
1: Now if and I, they, and they, just,
0: they lost their way. They lost their focus. Yeah. And the Marlins saw that. You know, Jack McKeon, his relaxed style, like, hey, let's attack.
1: Well, now if I remember correctly – after that happened, the shortstop committed an error, and then they all blamed it on Bartman. Right. If I remember then, correctly, yeah. so it's like, why aren't you blaming the like the shortstop? Like, why is it? It just doesn't. Well, they never lost their focus, sense. but
0: yes, as the shortstop made yeah. the, the critical error, that was just a fifty fifty ball that he didn't get. Okay, it's out of bounds. It's still a strike, and then the shortstop makes the error that costs a lot more runs, pretty much the winning run. And you think about Bill Buckner, how much crap he got.
2: Yeah, when he had his error. Yeah, and yeah. That,
0: and you want to know
1: something like that?
0: Sorry to throw time. the 1980s. Hey, hey,
2: don't don't bring that up. <laughs> now, now there's the real definition. God rest and, uh, his soul. He was on the cover of Sports Illustrated after that, and they had goat over it, as in the old use of goat. And he was in small frame with a black, big black around it, with, with a picture of him. With his head down. So, yeah, there's the real goat.
1: Wait, wait, wait. you got to give the goat noise. <laughs> well, in that
2: case, he wasn't. He, 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 in, that, in that case, he wasn't. Uh, he was a great
0: player, and he, he, should,
2: he should have been. He should have. Sp- yeah, speak about managerial buffoon decisions. You always take out people in the late innings for defensive reasons, and and Buckner certainly wasn't going to be hitting a home. Uh, short of a home mm. run, that guy wasn't going to get the first base on any hit. And they should have taken him out. But it was the curse of the Bambino. We all know that. So there you go. There's there's your history lesson. On, there's on, your on, on history. MLB, yes. We yes. got
0: several generations in this room right now, which is great. We love it. We all experience the pain of, of Dusty Baker. And, you know, <laughs> even with the Nationals. And then then he leaves and they go <laughs> on to win a World Series. <laughs> I think I think the Giants uh, win three World Series. I, so I'm hopeful that my Cincinnati Reds will, were supposed to win the World Series this just, year.
1: So it seems like Dusty Baker will be coach them this year. They won't win the they were not going to win the World Series. And then the next year when they fire Dusty Baker, they're going to win the World Series cuz that's how the pattern kind of goes. You know, true. the Giants ended up winning in 2010 when they hired Bruce right. Bochy. And then the Cubs won. And then the succession. Cubs won and but then the, the Reds Nationals have not
0: the Nationals you know leapfrogged us, but hopefully the Reds can leapfrog them and finally get their World Championship. Yeah, that's true. But
1: the Reds are the only one and and they probably have Probably, you know, the most.
0: Oh. Well, we're going to segue here to some NBA talk. So there's going to be the six-part series coming out about the Bulls dynasty with uh, Coach Phil Jackson and uh, the Fab Five, if you will. That being Michael Jordan, Scotty Pippen, Tony Kukoc, coach, Dennis Rodman, Ron Harper. That's <laughs> the starting five at that time. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, Luke Longling would get in there and get some good minutes in there. But I wanted to share something with you. So okay. During that season, when Michael Jordan finally came back, obviously he lost to the Orlando Magic. Fast forward to the next year, where the 72-win season year, they're playing the expansion team, Vancouver Grizzlies. And on that team, they had Byron Scott, who was actually guarding Jordan in that game. So they're playing. The Grizzlies are playing the Bulls really well. They're up by 10 points you know, late in the third quarter. And, and that style of play, it's a little bit slower moving. So when you're up 75, 65, you got a, a decent lead. And the other point guard, Derek Martin, starts to talk trash to Michael Jordan. He just, one time he says to him, he goes, Oh, the shots are not falling, MJ. Jordan just kind of just ignores him. And then he goes, You're having an off night, aren't you, MJ? And then he kind of got the, the look. So anyway, uh, two minutes later, the quarter expires. The third quarter ends. Michael Jordan goes to the bench, sits down, starts taking his shoes off as if he was done for the night. The bulls are just trying to focusing on winning the championship. So they're figuring, okay, rest the star. we're just he's just not having a good night. We're down by 12, 12 or fourteen points to start the fourth quarter. The beginning of the fourth quarter, now, mind you, Derek Martin was not guarding Michael Jordan the entire game. It was Byron Scott that was guarding him, and Byron Scott was not saying anything. He just was letting him stay in his funk. He didn't want to fire him up. After Derek Martin made a three-point shot, he glides by the bench and says to Jordan, he goes, I told you we are going to whoop your butts. Of course, he's used a <laughs> explicative. So, at that moment... Coach, what was so cool, Coach Phil Jackson leans over and says to Jordan, he goes, what do you want to do about that? Jordan starts putting his shoes back on, tightens up his laces, checks back in the game with 10 minutes to go, and then the onslaught happens. So before that, Jordan's numbers were 4 for 15. He only had 10 points, just wasn't having a good night. In the last 10 minutes, he goes off for 24 points. And on the very last shot, which the game was pretty much, he put the final nail in the coffin. He just does that beautiful turnaround fadeaway jump shot, drops it in, and he goes by the bench, and he says to Derek Martin, he goes, shut up, you little brat. <laughs> but he didn't say brat. <laughs> <laughs> and then afterwards, after the game, Byron Scott, apparently what I heard, went up to Derek Martin and nearly, I mean, they got into a locker room brawl basically because he went off on him. He goes, oh, Jerry, you don't ever talk smack to Michael Jordan. You know, we were having a, a, just a perfect game. He was in a funk. You let him stay in a funk. He goes, you do not give him any motivation. And that's just what he did. He gave Michael Jordan motivation. There's going to be a six-part series. But well, the I, reason why I'm talking about this is I got another story that's going to segue into it.
1: I just wanted to say yeah. that I'm excited that we're going to be socially distancing <laughs> for the first two. So yeah. I'm very excited about
0: that. Now, this is when Jordan retired after he won the 3 P, He came back to the Washington Wizards, the Los Angeles Lakers, with Kobe and Shaquille O'Neal, you know, went to Washington, and uh, they played Jordan in the Wizards. Jordan was uh, talking trash to Kobe. And uh, I think the Wizards end up winning that game by, like, two or four points. It was a tight game, but the Wizards end up winning that. But Jordan said to Kobe, Kobe, you can emulate all my moves, but you will never fill these shoes. Kobe on the plane ride home didn't say anything to anybody. Silence. Silence for two weeks, and I think they had a few games. The Lakers had, and Kobe didn't say a word.
1: Imagine and not talking for two weeks, though. That's d-
0: that's the best
1: part about the story. That's Kobe what I love. didn't talk
0: for two weeks. That Imagine, just shows like, you, Vanessa,
1: like, how are you?
0: How's your day? And he- well, I'm sure maybe at home he probably kept it cordial with the family stuff, but as far as professionally, he didn't talk to any players. He didn't talk to the coaches, and even Phil Jackson finally said to one of the players, he might have said to. Fisher, he's like, is Kobe mad at me or something? And they go, no. It's what Michael Jordan said to him at the game that he lost in Washington. And they knew that the next game was going to be two weeks later in, at Staples Center. Coach Jackson goes, oh, Jordan's in big trouble. And sure enough, that game starts. It's in Los Angeles. Game day, Lakers versus Wizards. And Kobe just went off for 55 points. They blew out the Wizards. And I remember watching that game. I mean, there's twice, twice Kobe just picked the ball right out from Jordan, drove it down, and dunked it. He did that twice to Michael Jordan. He made a statement. I remember watching that game. I was like, wow. This is when you knew. We already knew Kobe was great. But that's when it just you knew the, the torch, it wasn't just passed. He took it from Michael Jordan. He said, he just took it from him.
1: There's a special breed of athletes. There's people who are athletically gifted, and there are people who have an insatiable will to beat anyone at a given time and to just have this laser-like focus. And there's very few, and I think you've I've seen it a couple in my lifetime. And that's LeBron James, and that's Tom Brady, that's Kobe Bryant, and that's Michael Jordan. I got the tail end of it, so... I mean, any those guys are a league above everyone else in terms of competitiveness and in terms of an insatiable will to win. So this kind of this story is geared towards people who have an insatiable will to beat someone. A strong will, will give to it, win. If yeah. you're an expansion team and you're Michael Jordan, right? And was it the Magic or was it the Grizzlies? Grizzlies, Grizzlies when they're okay. in Vancouver. What you're an expansion team, right? And you should be just.
0: Just stay quiet. Just be all like, he had to do was stay quiet. Jordan wasn't going was to come back in the game.
1: Just, the, I get it. You're in the NBA. You're all excited and everything. But there's people who you do that to, and there's people who you don't. And Michael Jordan's one of them. Kobe's one of those people. Whereas if you just don't say anything, like they go and they win that game, you'd be like, oh, great job, great win. But when you say something, you don't want to wake up people who are super no. competitive. And, and like that
0: was one of the greatest gifts that Kobe Bryant had, You know, a.k.a. the Mamba mentality, was – he had that burning desire to win. That's just something you just can't teach, you can't preach. And, you know, when you're – especially in the NFL when they do the – you know, the draft's coming up when they do the combine or when they actually uh, interview players, that's the stuff that – those are the unwritten rules, the un, uh, unseen things is like how do they interview? What kind of person is this? Does this person have a really big desire to win? Is this person really going to put a lot of work and effort into being great? I mean, Kobe constantly, I would go to Laker games, and I would be there early. Guess who'd be out there uh, working on a move? Kobe Bryant. I watched him. He was just working on his footwork. He was working on this turnaround jump shot. And for like like 30 minutes, we're watching him. Like, same thing, over and over and over until he got it right. And sure enough, when the game time came, he busted that move out four times, and you know what? He made all four of those shots. Mm-hmm. It was just something a little different that he was working on. Like, okay, I want to work on this. You know, it was the footwork and everything. It's just the dedication, the burning desire to win, the the commitment, the passion. Mm-hmm. And that's what made him so great. And you're right. Those players you name, they have it. I think Kobe and Jordan have it more, more of that killer instinct, where LeBron is more like the Magic Johnson. LeBron has the killer instinct, but LeBron also – He's a triple threat, meaning he could drive to the basket and dunk on you. He could shoot the ball, and he could pass it. And he has no problem passing the ball on a game-ending shot. And people give him so much flack for that. They're saying, well, you're not like Jordan. You don't have that killer instinct. Well, that's just the way LeBron has always played the game. He'll kill you with his shot, and he'll kill you with that beautiful pass to set up a teammate with a wide-open shot that he believes that can knock it down. That's a killer instinct.
1: I'll tell you how his killer instinct is. On defense and you have the ball where you have a chance to win the game and you have LeBron James guarding you, you might as well just pass it or try to get a pick to get someone else onto you because there is zero percent chance that in the finals, LeBron James on defense. You can make the argument during the regular season he loafs and this and that, but I, I like if you said to him, like, Oh, I'm gonna beat you tonight, LeBron. He would make an effort to do defense, to do all the insatiables, to do everything. And that's why he is has that mentality. He has a different kind of Mamba mentality, whereas the Mamba mentality is like, okay, you got to score the winning shot. For LeBron, you are got to make them not have the ability to win against you on the defensive end. Like When he chased down Iguodala, He's been doing that all of his career. Yes. This is nothing new. That was a routine play for him, and it was one of the greatest defensive plays in the history of the NBA.
0: And that's coming from a Warriors fan and right there, yeah, ladies that was, and gentlemen. That, yeah. was, that was. You make a great point, and that's another killer instinct. is uh, Kobe had that, too, on the defensive end because he was not going to let you beat him. He always wanted to guard the best players, but you're right. LeBron, when it came down to the last play, he's going to stop you. You're right. He's done that all his career. But that was nothing bigger than that moment in time. And that's what preserved their championship that year.
1: I mean, you look at his numbers during his finals run. I mean, that in itself can make the argument that he has. I think Kobe is a different type of, of competitive, but LeBron is right up there with him. I wouldn't say that LeBron is more I don't know the word that we used. It's a different use. game.
0: It's it's a di- He just has a different mindset, a different game. He has a killer instinct, but he's just not the one that's going to rip your jugular out. Yeah. Like Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant. LeBron just does it like really sneaky. He can yeah. pass it. He can make the, the excellent defensive play at the end of the game. Or he'll shoot it and knock it down in your face and you can't stop him.
1: I think we're also sleeping on a couple other assassins.
0: Oh yes, I mean with the newer assassins, with you talk newer, newer assassins. I'm talking
1: about Steph Curry and Clay oh, Thompson, oh. just quietly actually, do their thing.
0: Kobe actually has said that. Do you think Clay Thompson and Steph Curry are just nice guys? He goes, they are deadly silent assassins. Those those were Kobe's words. They yeah. are. <laughs> he said that, and when Kobe says that, it's it's true. Yeah, and it, they are. Yes. they won't talk. And they anything. do have the burning desire to win. They have that. They do. Both of them do.
1: I mean. But they won't say anything. You don't see them like John at people. You'll see them like saying things, but they don't like you're going to lose this and that. They'll be – they'll like see – They let their play talk. They let their play talk, but you'll they'll see someone getting super amped up and like yelling at the referee, and they'll be like, why are you mad? <laughs> <laughs> like that's how they talk. Like it's, it's amazing. I mean, they let Draymond be the center of attention for that, and that's why they can quietly do their thing.
0: You know, and that's that's a good chemistry in a sense. Let Draymond be the front of that so these two guys can just destroy you. And they do. We saw it. I mean, the last five years, they destroy people. And this year, unfortunately, if – it all depends on how it plays out because uh, the commissioner Adam Silver has not canceled the season. He has yet. not, not yet. But I mean, it's just so kind of they're, they're kind of yeah, it's in limbo right now. If they can get going, because now the season would probably end April twenty second. So obviously, we're on a nationwide lockdown until at least April thirtieth, and and i probably going to be somewhere. I can't see myself going back to work until June first. I, I know some places have already said you're not coming back until June first. So. Ah, uh, it, 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 it'll be like you say that the, if they do start the league back up at June 1st and do two weeks of a regular season, just get people up to speed. They won't start do the playoffs, that, though. Yeah.
1: They won't do that for a couple of different reasons. Well, injuries, for one. Yeah. Health, health concerns. Health concerns, for one. They won't do that, and I think the NBA is really holding out hope that this is going to be wrapped up April 31st and everyone is allowed to go back outside and everything. Yeah. Um, is April 30th? Is it not 31st? There's 30, <laughs> 30 days. Tom's giving me the 30th April, April goes to 30th. The May's end, 31st. End of April.
0: April 30th. Did
1: you ever do that thing with the,
0: um, yeah. when you're on your knuckles? It's, it's like every year. Right January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December. It's worked for See, me.
1: See, I, I didn't do that. I didn't do I the I don't know. Trick. I, le-
0: I learned, I don't know. I learned that back in.
1: That's elementary school trick.
2: Elementary, exactly. Uh, July and August are Back-to-back 31, now. Yeah. I yeah, oh. yeah. careful about that one. Yeah. Maybe
1: it's because you go like this on your side
0: of your pinky or something. I don't know.
2: But, um, but they, anyway. They stole two, stole two or three from February.
0: But we, all, we actually had a February 29th. <laughs> the first time <laughs> in
2: a while. Yeah, sure. every four
0: yeah. years. We have it every four, four years. years. Actually, I have a friend that has a birthday on the 29th. So I said, what do you do when you celebrate it? He goes, ah, the 28th or the 1st.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. He's, he's 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 like probably four years old right now. Anyways, well, yes. I think the back to the NBA. The NBA, if they get this wrapped up with a nice clean bill of health by the thirtieth, thirtieth April thirtieth, then we might see a couple of warm up games.
0: Um So and, this is probably going to parlay with hockey too, with the NHL.
1: But I I just I there is really a high amount of doubt in my mind that they will play out the rest of the season because NHL as well, NHL as well. I think we're Mm. right now We're it just kind of depends on the due diligence of people right now and how well we're able to contain this. Um, which, if you ask me, I'm thinking they're going to shut down everything. Yeah. They've shut down And it's going to be shut down
0: longer than we think because yeah. there's people just not paying attention right. or just not following along. and Right. That's or people who don't
1: out. care. I mean, like, you, you look at the difference between um, here people have, like, freedom and they have the freedom to do whatever, which is great. And I'm not arguing against it, but their freedom to do whatever in a time of panic and crisis when people are telling you you need to do something and you're thinking – Oh, I'm free I can do whatever I want. That kind of is the thinking that's going to bring things down. And right. So I think the NBA season is going to get canceled. I think the real so NHL is going to get canceled. canceled. And I think the real winners if the NBA gets canceled is the Golden State Warriors. Cuz yeah, if you think about it, yeah. like think about it from that perspective because Well, that's
0: coming from a Warriors fan. But i my know a Lakers I know, I know. fan. Well, we're upset because it's like, wow, we're having a great season this year. You know, Davis is and LeBron are playing so well together. That's yeah. So it's, it's well, just. Well, you'll like,
1: still have that next year. They're not going well, anywhere.
0: But Anthony Davis is a free agent. He could go where he wants. I'm sure he'd probably want to stay in L.A. at least for a few years.
1: After all this, if you cancel the NBA season, okay, you cancel the NBA season, he's signing whatever contract he wants to stay in Los Angeles. I'll make you that guarantee. He's not leaving. Um, I just think that when you think about it in the long term, like, yeah, the real winners are, if the season gets canceled, it's the Warriors because they end up with a really good draft pick. But that stinks, regardless. Yeah. Regardless, will well, tell you who The real, the real
0: winners are, no, is eSports.
1: eSports, yeah.
0: They're even talking about the NBA players are actually starting a tournament on, on, uh, on Twitch. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Which, um, I mean, that makes sense. You're seeing a lot of big name stars, Kevin Durant being the front runner there. And I think you're going to see a lot of people paying attention to that. Yes. There has been multiple um, like gambling sites that have went out and they are live streaming simulated games for people to bet on. And that's just like, wow. That's, that's the crazy thing in itself is, like, where do we put the line where it's like, whoa, okay, this is kind of a little bit weird that we're doing things like this. But um, I think you'll see uh, an interesting kind of dilemma come out through all of this. And I think the real winner is eSports and, and, like you said.
0: Well, we're starting to run out of time. But stay tuned because coming up next, you got Claudia Chambal to Ask a Leader. You know, she's got a fine show for you, so stay tuned for that. And to close out here, have you been in touch with any of our esports program? I guess, I guess UCI. Everybody's grounded; they're at home. But it is the esports still going on? Have you? Because I know you've been following up on that. I have been following up. I don't know any of the players. I don't
1: know any of the teams. And I, if I could recite them to you, but I, they wouldn't mean anything to me at this current rate. But they are still playing League of Legends in Korea. Um, they are still holding tournaments for that. Um, it's kind of an interesting thing when you think about it. Like League of Legends came out of the nowhere, and the way it kind of works is that you have all these different kind of lanes that people have, right? You have all these different roles. And in some sports where you see like LeBron James, right, you would never think that you would have – a triple team on him, like taking three guys and putting them on LeBron and, and taking away his ability because then that leaves X, Y, and Z open, right? Right. You would never put five people on LeBron James to take away his ability and leave the rest, right? Right. In League of Legends, that's a strategy where you just take all your players and you put them on their best player so that they take away from that. And that's a big thing, right? Yeah. And so you're dependent upon – you're basically saying those other four people are going to beat us. And so the way that kind of strategy works is is they have a, a little saying. It's called stay in your lane. And so the lane is you're clogging up other people. So that's kind of a little bit of an interesting insight that I have. Um, so. I'm going to keep paying attention and keep learning. Yeah, I'm learning. just bummed
0: out about this whole ordeal. I mean, I know we have to take it serious, and it's such a bummer that the pandemic had to happen because I had so much making so much headway, and I was actually going to meet some of the players on our esports team. But stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen, you will get to hear that from us. You know, once we get back rolling. But uh, I'm also going to have some future guests. I have a really good guest, uh, Wes, Wes Luke, who is a referee, and he's going to talk about the hardships of being a referee and how he progressed up upwards and how to become a professional referee so you definitely want to stay tuned for that but thank you so much for tuning in to sports matters you can reach us on kuci.org.org that is click on sports matters tuesday you can reach our podcast through tune in so just click on the tune in button and i have all the podcasts loaded there or all the radio shows until then all sports matters
1: i love you grandma
3: was to say but man